We need to talk about the motherhood penalty. A penalty that only mothers pay when they become parents. A penalty that strikes your lifetime earnings, your retirement savings and your career. A penalty that for me took me by surprise and off-ramped my first career. My name is Emma McLean and in this series we're going to do just that. We are going to talk all about the motherhood penalty. Get curious about the system that creates it and talk to experts about what we can do to smash it. It's going to be practical, punchy and peppered with laughter. A little like me. If this sounds good to you, let's get into it. Welcome back to How to Smash the Motherhood Penalty. My name's Emma McLean, and in this podcast, we're getting curious about the system that creates the motherhood penalty and the solutions that are going to smash it. Today, I am delighted to have three people in the <laughs> studio. I have Paul Taylor, Beck Lindecker, and Aloise Taylor, who is how old? Seven weeks old. Seven weeks old by people. So we've had a seven week old on the podcast now. <laughs> I'm delighted to welcome Beck and Paul, and I want to, first of all, they're here with a seven-week-old, so <laughs> that deserves an award, and I want to thank them for their generosity in, in coming in, because I know it can be quite scary, and also, repeating, seven-week plus a toddler equals no sleep. <laughs> so I really want to thank you both for coming in, and I know we're going to have a great conversation, so just settle in, and why don't I open up and just... Do you want us to tell us a little bit about yourselves? Yeah, my name is Paul. I'm really excited to be here. I am a full-time father, but also full-time employed. I don't think you differentiate between the two, mm -hmm. even when you're at work, still a father mm -hmm. and paid work. And we have, as you said, two kids, uh, almost two-year-old and a seven-week-old. And we are in the throes of the challenges that those bring, but absolutely, absolutely uh, loving it, loving almost every moment. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll come back to you in the middle of the night tonight. But anyway, <laughs> welcome, Paul. Thank you. Hi, everyone. I'm Beck. I am married to Paul. I work in the sustainability space, typically five days a week. But at the moment, I'm on parental leave while still doing some extra sustainability work on the side mm. to um, keep me engaged. In your spare time. In my spare time, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome, both of you. One thing I was curious about was you've got a, a toddler and now you've got a little baby, Beck's on parental leave. How did the return to work go the first time? To be honest, I don't think it could have been worse. My dad died mm. and I went back to work three weeks after he had died, so mm. maybe a week after his funeral. It was mm. a really sudden death. It was very shocking to us all. So I went back to work a shell of myself, essentially. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that was returning to work. Mm -hmm. That was just my whole life had been thrown up in the air. So I think returning to work this time round with him will be significantly easier. Yeah. I yep. had a really supportive environment. I think because my boss is who she is and mm. also has three children, she was particularly supportive mm. and really looked after me through that journey. Mm -hmm. But I think actually just life made it really difficult mm. for, for all of us, mm. right? Mm. When when Beck's father passed, the, 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 the day he passed, had a heart attack, went out for a run, never came back. We moved in with um, mm. Beck's mother as well to support her. 
and which also, you know, it throws a bit of a spanner in the works when mm. you, you suddenly move house with your toddler and Beck was trying to go back to work at the same time. And we're actually still there. So whilst we support Beck's mum, she also provides us with a massive amount of support, yeah. especially with two kids, which um, we're very, very fortunate. Mm, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And mm. I want to acknowledge that that is and will still remain a tough time. Mm. I also want to acknowledge that returning to work under normal circumstances <laughs> is tough. And so you guys mm. need to really acknowledge that in yourselves, that you've been able to do this and navigate and grow your family mm. in this time, which mm. is amazing. One thing I'm curious about is how I first got to know Paul was I, I'm lucky enough to work with Fonterra's parents and they're amazing. And um, Paul reached out to me proactively when your daughter was born and said, my, my wife's about to go back to work. I really want to know what I can do to support her. And, you know, can I get some coaching with you? And for a start off, that's the only email I've ever got like that, which I loved. And I just wanted to ask you, Paul, like, what was it like supporting Beck through this really tough time? How did you navigate that? Like, what do you see as your role in supporting your partner after they've been on leave mm. and returned to work? How did you play that? So I know it's cliche, but I genuinely believe that being a mother is the hardest job in the world. Mm. And because you, when you go back to your job, you're not doing either or, you're doing both at the same mm. time. And mm. they're both full time, right? Mm. I had absolutely no idea how to support Beck. Um, I knew I wanted to, mm -hmm. um, but I didn't know how, which is why I reached out to you in the first place. Mm. And one of the things you mentioned to me uh, was a term I hadn't heard before, which was mental load. Um, mm. And talking about Beck's always thinking about what she needs to do for our children, you know, mm. getting everything organized, making sure the vaccines are up to date, all that stuff, but also had to go to work and think about saving the world, you know, through sustainability. Yeah. So it wasn't <laughs> doing either or, just doubling her workload. So I tried to take on more tasks that naturally fell into Beck's remit as the stay-at-home mother. I'm not saying they should, but they naturally mm, kind mm, of fell there. Mm. Trying to do think practical things like take more of a lead at night where I could. Yeah. So um, Beck was still breastfeeding, but I, I, I tried to get up because whilst I have to go to work the next day, so does she. Yeah. And before she was back at work she still had to keep our child alive the yep. next day so yep. just trying to be there physically trying to allow her to have more sleep trying to communicate and actually checking in on her and asking her what yep. she needed because yep. as i said before it's really easy to assume what I she needs that. I love but that. To actually ask yeah yep. and I'm, I'm still not good at it but I try yeah you actually started doing all the wake-ups because Did I? I can't remember. You, yeah, so my, <laughs> my dad had died. Mm -hmm. I was going back to work. Neither my mum or I were sleeping, mm -hmm. and I just couldn't handle getting up mm -hmm. for this child. Mm -hmm. So Paul took over and did every single wake-up, and you kind of have since then, actually, <laughs> because quite quickly after that I then got pregnant again. Mm -hmm. And so that's been Paul's job ever since, is to look after the toddler at night if she wakes up. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're welcome. Nothing is constant, right? Like mm. the amount of work, if you look at it as work at home that each of us does, it goes up and down over time, mm. right? Mm. And one thing that my mother-in-law, Beck's mum, often says is life's not a balance sheet. Yeah. So keeping score doesn't work mm -hmm. and it will only lead to dramas and we've definitely gotten ourselves into that position before. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, when when Beck's father passed, it was the, the time to really step up and things have just kind of carried on that way 
Hmm. We both pick up different things, and <clears throat> I think I think you kind of you picked up more stuff, probably because of that. Because I just didn't have the emotional mm. bandwidth to to do that stuff, mm. and I think you've just kind of carried on doing that stuff. So we didn't actually have a conversation about it. Mm. Someone just had to do it, and I couldn't. Mm. Amazing. I mean, a couple of things I want to pick up on what you said there. Work at home is work, mm. right? Let's put that on the table because I think often what I see in my work is that a lot of cishet couples who are parenting together, they don't really have conversations about this work at home. Mm. And in fact, it's just like work at work. It it probably needs structure and it does need conversations because there are inputs and outputs, right? Mm. And the other thing I heard you say is, you had to think about what you could take the lead on. Mm. And I think that's really important because we don't need helpers at home. We need owners. <laughs> mm. So the way that I hear Beck talk about you just owning the wake-ups, joyful, mm. right? Mm. I also think often the dads that I work with find it really hard to figure out what their role is <laughs> because they want to support their, their, their partner. But if there's breastfeeding involved, it's really hard to know what I can do. But if you can take some ownership of stuff that makes everything else easier, it's really good. I mean, I, an example was I had a coaching session this morning and one of my clients is going to have a chat to her husband because he's away a lot. But what he's going to own is every time he goes away, making sure the house is fully stocked of all the basics we need. Milk, bread, dishwasher tabs, um, washing powder, you know, the stuff that you run out and you're like, I've got to leave the house with two children, you Mm. know? (laughs) So it's just figuring out what you can own. And then the other thing I wanted to pick up on and acknowledge is that thing you said right at the beginning, which is, you know, when you're the parent at home, that's a full-time job. Mm. Like, and actually there's no release from it. Mm. It's 24-7. Like, I mean, I'll share in the show notes with everyone, but I shared with Beck and Paul this podcast from The Imperfects talking about the mental load. I think one of the hosts had a really good way of putting it. He said, you know, when I, when my wife was on parental leave, what I didn't realize is that, you know, when I got home, it was effectively like I was a shift worker, right? Mm. Because I had a start time and a finish time. But actually, my wife was running her own business 24-7. Yep. Mm. There was no break. Yep. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's such a good description of it, you know? Yeah. When when Beck listened to that, that's the first thing she came and said to me is Really? You know, yeah, yeah. I'm running the business and you're just turning up mm. and doing shifts and <laughs> when your shift is over, you're done. You don't need to worry about it. Happy days. Whereas mm. Beck's constantly thinking about what needs to be done. And doing that more like strategic planning. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like what size clothes do they need? Well, I'm gonna buy these size three and four because yes. it's on sale now and maybe she'll need that next year. Yes. Whereas Paul recently bought one item of clothing for our second child yes. and you know, one of, of he was really proud of the fact that he'd bought it. Is it the right size? It is. It's going to fit him for another week or two. <laughs> but he was so stoked with himself that he had bought him something. I was like, yeah, what do you What do you think our children wear all day? But, or when they need to get their next vaccinations or yes. when they need to see a doctor or, yes. you know, all that forward thinking yeah. planning yeah. Yeah. that you need to constantly be on top of. Yeah. Whereas Paul's very helpful and great, but it's a lot of, Minor, not minor, but a lot of just tasks that well, have a start date and an end date. Tasks that you assign. have to plan ahead for and then assign to me. And the planning ahead mm. is actually most of the heavy lifting. It's not doing the task. It's actually yeah, planning such a good for call the tasks. Out. 
Yeah. Which I didn't realize. And actually, after we lost your father and I just naturally tried to step up as much as I could when you were going through an extremely difficult time, mm. only then did I actually realize how much was involved in that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You, you don't, until you put the show on, you have no idea. Totally. How, mm. how hard it is. <clears throat> Another example is that we recently signed our little boy up for daycare. Yep. So, you know, our nearly two-year-old's at daycare and I signed him up for the same daycare. I just had a conversation with the owner and filled out the forms. Mm. And she said, oh, we've got three spaces for next year and your son will have one of those. Mm. I was like, oh, great. Didn't realize I needed to plan so far in advance. Whereas Paul would have probably turned up the day before yeah, yeah. and been like, can you take him as well? <laughs> yeah. That's unfair. I would have turned up the day off yeah. and, <laughs> and expected them to take him. Like, oh, God. Oh, okay. Damn. Yeah. But that's a great example. You have to plan yeah. ahead over a year. Uh, you have to plan a year ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, 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 I want to acknowledge how Beck talks about this strategic planning. <laughs> because I've written it down because – that's such a it is, and you know I think a lot of it we so a lot of my mums talk about it as being organised, but I'm elevating that. I am <laughs> elevating that. Yeah, she's an ex consultant, <laughs> and I am here for that. It's strategic planning, and I think these are the conversations that I think that if we are partnered with someone, we need to have because mm. Paul, such a beautiful point. You only know when you do it, mm. you know, and it's it's and 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 that the strategic planning is as you say, often heavier than the actual doing, you know? What's your, like, what's your thinking around the strategic planning or the mental load? Like how, you know, when Bet goes back this next time, and I know you're living with your mum and you're incredibly, like, it's just a beautiful unit you've got there now. What's your plan on how you might more equitably split that out, might talk about it a bit more? What's your plan for the second time, do you think? Do you want, Beck, do you want to start with? I think at the moment we actually have a really even split yeah. between what we do. Yeah. But I think that's because we have a third parent. <laughs> yes. Can and we all have one of those? <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's great. <laughs> yeah. But when we move home, our, <laughs> I'm going to take her stuff on yeah. as well because right. she does a lot of the cooking I'm not yes. actually allowed in the kitchen because I don't do it quite right yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah yeah she helps us out with a lot of the washing yeah so I'll probably take on that and yeah. then I don't think the split will be as equal right so yeah. I think we'll then have to think about how we do that can we touch on the on the cards go for it okay so oh, yeah these are quite interesting Emma shared with us uh, a pack of cards called the fair play cards and it essentially, we didn't actually use the cards as they were supposed to be used. Mm. What the cards are is they have all the different tasks that you might do as a parent. So everything from writing a thank you card mm. to people who have mm. bought you a gift for your, for your child through to doing the washing or daycare drop-offs, everything and anything. A lot of things which seem really small but actually are really important. And if they don't happen, then things don't happen. And what Beck and I did is we took all these cards, we took... The whole list of things, we took what was relevant to us, we discarded the ones we didn't understand what they were or they weren't relevant, and I went through myself and I put down what I think I do, mm. what we both do, mm. and what Beck exclusively does. Ah. And the split was I did one extra card than what Beck does. So ah. I thought, wow, I'm, I'm a hero here. I'm really <laughs> good. We didn't take into account any factors such as how much work was involved in each card because oh, it does vary. There's different yeah. weightings. Mm. Beck was a little bit. You know. I just don't think you had done it quite right. Correct. <laughs> so Beck then did it, 
And she, you know, <clears throat> put, what does Paul do? What do we both do? What do I do? And mm. funnily enough, the split was and that she did more mm. than I do. Mm. And we actually, it, it spurred quite a good conversation around our perception of what we do is so different to the other person's perception. Yeah. And we <laughs> we all think, we all put ourselves in the, in the heroes, you know, if you think about our story, we all think of ourselves as a hero, right? We all yeah. think we do the most. No one else understands what yeah. we do. And, yeah. um, you know, everyone should applaud us for what we do. Yeah. Or do maybe we? that's just me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Don't project on us, Paul. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but when you actually sit down and talk about it, you realize how much the person, other person does that you had no idea that even needed to be done. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Um, that's true. And you start to realize how much weighting you put on each item. Like for me, Buying clothes for our children, like that's easy peasy, right? I thought that was a, you know, you just buy some clothes and they you mm. put them on, happy days. But actually, he'll mm. grow out of his clothes mm. and, you know, like Beck said, two, three weeks and you have to constantly mm. put clothes away and store them and write on the little tag to say this one's zero to three months, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Mm. It's actually a, a huge task. Yes. Which mm. I had no idea. And I. And we are lucky enough to have been given so many clothes from so many friends, mm. which is amazing. We so appreciate, mm. but we then have to organise them and figure out what we need, what we don't need, pass on other stuff that our kids have grown out of. Mm. And it's I actually really enjoy doing this. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think I've still got a little bit of a nesting vibe going on, yeah. um, but it is actually quite a lot of work to figure out what they need to be in. Does she have all the merino she needs for daycare? Does she have enough? Are they the right size? What else? You know, her gumboots don't fit. She needs some more gumboots. Well, actually, I've got next three sizes already sorted. But but I drop our daughter off at daycare on the way to work. So I'm a hero. True. That's true. <laughs> I, actually, I actually don't want that job. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is that two tasks, both tasks, both impo really important, but actually one's a heck of a lot more heavy lifting yeah. than the other and one. And I, I really like that observation of once you lift the lid up on some of these tasks, you realise they're not like, let's head down to farmers and buy a raincoat. <laughs> so you've had a go at these cards, you've had an initial mm. conversation, right, which is really courageous because this stuff is complicated. It's tied up in beliefs on what a mum is, what a dad is, so I want to acknowledge you guys for that. Do you think you will kind of go down this track, like once you move into your own place, where you do have some sense of task ownership? Like how do you think, how do you think when you're both back at work with two little humans in daycare, What's going to be the foundations for success for you? A whiteboard. Yes, Queen. Mm. We love a whiteboard. Tell me mm. why you need a whiteboard. We actually had a whiteboard um, we before we moved back to my parents' well, now mum's house. And we have similar system at the moment Yeah, where we have just on our phone shared notes between us. So we can yep. both see what's on these notes. We can both see what needs to be done. And whoever's got space or energy can get those tasks done. Yeah. And it feels like it's a bit of a weight off both of our shoulders because it's yep. written down. Yes. And yep. we can see what the other person wants to achieve, even if that task to us feels really boring or unimportant, yep. like going to Mitre 10 and getting something for the lawnmower. Yeah. We can clearly have it all written down. And sometimes we kind of, we forget yep. and probably get a little bit crappy with each other because we haven't completed the tasks. Mm. But that's a really helpful way for us just to see all the things that need to be done. Yeah, nice. So you use that for shared notes, but will you put that on the whiteboard in the future, do you think? Or how will you do that? The, the whiteboard is really handy because it's in your face. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. can just avoid opening up your notes if you want. Mm. But if the whiteboard's right next to the coffee machine, which we both frequent, especially yeah. with a newborn, <laughs> then it's in your face, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know about you, but I love ticking things off a list. Yeah. So if I can see it and if I can tick it off, then yeah. it gets done, right? 
the key point is communication. Yeah. And that whiteboard yeah. is just a facilitator for yeah. how we yeah. can communicate with each other. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm all for whiteboards. I'm all for recommending my clients head off to Kmart at eight o'clock at night, stand in a queue, get a magnetic whiteboard. Who's not going to like that? Mm, mm. I'm 90% sure it was actually your idea. You, well, you had told me oh, to do really? that and that's why we did it. Could be. Could be. Yeah, I can't remember that far back to yeah. be honest. <laughs> so foundations for success when you're both back at work, communication and whatever you can use to facilitate that, with, like whether that's a whiteboard, mm. whether that's you're using these fair play cards. I think definitely what I've heard from you guys is getting really curious about this idea of, well, what can we both own? Mm. And if you're mm. going to own cooking, does that involve grocery shopping? Does that involve everything, you know? So this ownership idea, is that something that's going to be important for you guys? It's so nice knowing that someone owns a task and you don't have to think about it. Mm. So, mm. for example... Bex mum cooks. Yeah. So we don't need to... It's just off your radar, right? 100%. Yeah, it's so nice. I would actually like to cook a couple of meals. I actually like cooking. Mm. <laughs> I'm just not allowed in the kitchen. Mm. And mm. I always seem to do it wrong at the mm. moment. So. That, mm, that's tough. D- I really shouldn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think there is... I think as well when you're a parent, there's something quite nice about cooking because it's got beginnings and ends. Mm. It's a task. It's complete. Do you know what I mean? And um, I can't look after the kids because I'm cooking. So yes. everyone else has to get out of the kitchen because I'm in the kitchen cooking. Yes. You're looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love it. I think that ownership stuff is really key. And as I said, the complete ownership, not just the execution of it, mm. but the knowing what needs to go in it. And I think, yeah, I mean, that anything we can do as we go back to work where we can define really clearly, again, because work is work wherever it is and it's at home, the structure, the scope of the work, what success looks like. I know these all sound like some kind of, you're setting up some agile projecting, <laughs> but you possibly are. <laughs> A question I'm curious about is, there's, there is this thing called the motherhood penalty, right? And whatever, you can look at a lot of different stats, but the Grattan Institute in Australia say that in the first five years of parents having their first baby, that it is a mother's salary that takes a 60% hit in the first five years and a father's salary actually goes up. So there's this thing called the fatherhood bonus as well. So what I'm interested from both of you is, is what, what is it that you think creates that? I have found there are still a lot of societal expectations and norms around who will take the load, who will work mm. part-time, who mm. will take the maternity leave, mm-hmm. not parental leave. Yep. And I don't think Paul has had as many comments from typically males on the amount of time I should take off, the amount of paid work I should be doing and whether I should be working part-time or not, whether I should be working at night. And, and I just don't think you've had that input from random people as to how I should live my life. And Great so that, quote. That kind of shows me, one, people think it's very much okay to tell me how to raise children or how I should be working or what I should be doing with my time. It, when I hear you say that back, it's like you've entered this world of things you should be doing and random people giving you their input into it. And your perception is that that doesn't happen as much for Paul as a father. Mm. I mean, yeah, what, exactly. what, what do you think's behind the system that is penalising only mothers? <clears throat> yeah, I'd, I'd echo what, what Beck says around just expectations mm. from society in general. I 
potentially will take some leave with our son mm-hmm. at some stage. I'd like to. We're just working through what that looks like with work and, funnily enough, what's happening with our careers at the time. When I tell people that I would like to take time off, they're shocked. Mm-hmm. And I was actually shocked that they are shocked because I thought we were a bit further ahead than mm-hmm. that. People say, wow, that's so noble of you. That's amazing. You would take, you would be a stay-at-home dad? And I think that's wrong that that is a big thing. Mm. I think that's just... No one said that to me. Yeah, exactly no right. No one congratulates you. I've for, taken a year off yeah, for my first child. Because yeah. it's expected. Mm. Mm. And I think that's completely wrong. How does that make you feel when they say that back to you? I... You push back. I do push yeah. back because you, you don't see it as. How do you see it? If you were to take leave to look after your family, it's a privilege. Ha- I, yeah. I think that it would be a massive privilege if I am able to take leave and still have a job to go back to. Yeah. Um, to look after my my children. Do you think it's risky for your career? Well, and that was my point earlier, right? Yeah. That we're going to make the call depending on what's happening yeah. with my career. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, even saying it out loud, that sounds backwards because. If there's a promotion on the table at the time, mm. and I will miss out on that promotion because I'm taking time off to mm. look after my son, mm. then I probably won't take that time off. We'll probably put him into daycare, or Beck will take more time off, mm. which is completely wrong. I'd like to think that I would still be able to get that promotion whilst on parental leave mm. and come back to that when I return. It's tricky, right? Mm. It's so true. I mean, I remember I met with a recruitment consultant and I was talking about the work I did and he said to me, oh, yeah, he said, I could never take six months out of my job. And I went, oh, what what makes you say that? Oh, I could just never be out for six months. I mean, what would happen to my career? And I said, what do you think people are saying about me? Well, you know, me, when I was returning to work three times, eight months off, three and a half for the first baby, I mean, I thank you for letting me ask you these questions, Paul, because this is the tension, right? Mm. Like, this is the, culturally, it needs to be okay for both parents to ask for reduced hour work, Mm. time off to look after their babies. But I don't know, it's just, it feels to me that culturally for our dads, that hasn't shifted yet. No, and uh, just one other point. It's also when the mother, say the mother's taken leave, comes back to work I think going back to your question around why what's driving the penalty yeah people stand back a little bit and go I'm not going to put too much pressure on this person or give them too much work or too heavy work because you know they're a mum they've got to go home and look after the kids and whatnot whereas actually you need to ask the question of the person go hey do do you want to have a little bit of a you know a lighter load for a little bit or do you want to go full noise back into it and whatever they choose that's okay great insight it shouldn't be chosen by other people yes Great, great insight. Well, because if you don't give them the heavy work or the harder work, then they potentially won't progress up the ladder if they want to do that or get that promotion because they're seen as too busy to And and to build on that, I think you're absolutely right. And success for me is they also say that about you. So they also say, I'm just checking in, Paul, because I know you've got two kids. Do you want me to send you the juicy projects? Mm. Or are you... You just you're happy just to to do BAU, mm. you know. Like there's unconscious bias towards mums as they return, but what about dads? It's like no one ever says, "Oh, don't give that to Paul because he's got two kids at home." <laughs> like let's true. be kind to her. Well, I don't know. I'm making that up. No, no, that's mm. true. You know what yeah. I mean? Like for me, success is I meet a dad and he says to me, 
I'm really lucky my wife helps at home. Mm. True. That's such a good point. I often get told by my mother's generation actually how lucky I am to have such a hands-on father. Yes, you're so lucky. We never had that. No. It's it's actually his child too and he he wanted this child and we chose to have this child and it's... 50% 50% his as well. Yes. So why wouldn't he do the dishes or change a nappy? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't seem like it's really that cutting edge. Yeah. But, mm, that's so true. I'll, I'll butcher this, but when Beck got her current job, she she applied for it whilst... Can I say this? Are you okay with me saying this? Well, actually, no, I wasn't pregnant when I applied for the job. Okay. But I was pregnant when I got the job. Yeah. And Beck made it very clear to the employer that, hey, you know, I'm going to have to, I'm going to take some mat leave yep. before there were any offers made. So the, the employer could just not progress her through the interviews, could, you know, take a box, yep. have the interview, and then she didn't get the job, right? So, but I th- what the hiring manager said to Beck was, I love hiring mums. They are so efficient. They get the job done. And I thought that was an amazing <laughs> insight. Yeah. I think it made me want to um, take that role even more, knowing that I'd be reporting into someone like that who valued mothers and that sort of workload. But again, that's another great example, right? Because, and I I get that when you're pregnant, you do have to have time off, right? Mm. But it's like, you know, when we get pregnant, is it the dad also who's offering up this information? You know, like in case it impacts your promotions or not. But mm. And I get you do have to come out of the workforce, but it's about just having more equity at work and at home on how we talk about this stuff. Mm. So to wrap it up, if we talk about the motherhood penalty and, and we talk about, you know, enabling our dads to step into their power at home so that we can step into our power at work, if I gave you both a magic wand right? One thing you could do that you think would make a big impact and smashing that penalty, sharing that load. What do you think it would be? For me, that would be making it compulsory for both parents to take parental leave. And I don't know how that would practically work or financially work, but I think if both parents took parental leave for at least, say, a month or two months, Yep. So the working parent would understand what the parent at home's doing and vice versa. And I think if we had that throughout, kind of society would all be a lot more equitable and probably empathetic and understanding and kind of think about those solutions a lot more. Brilliant. I love that. And, you know, it's a magic wand, so it can be whatever you want it to be. And I love that. Because I, I think what you say is so true, Beck. People have to experience it to actually get it. Mm, yeah. Like... I mean, at the end of the day, no one Mm. likes being told what to do, right? You have to work it out for yourself. And even the best, most communicative couples, this is hard, this stuff, right? Because it's all new. So I love that. Pay parental leave, meaningful pieces of it for both Mm. Mm. to really smash the system. And if you were doing that, perhaps you get bonus leave or bonus pay or something to incentivize it. Yeah. But I think unless we make it compulsory, it won't happen for both parties. Yes. Why? What makes you say unless we make it compulsory, it won't happen? Because at the moment, the other parent, say the father, has the option to take it. Yeah. But they're still not taking it due to a bunch of you know systems and different reasons. Yes. So yes. 
unless we make it compulsory, I just don't see how it would change. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great insight. Love it. So when you become Prime Minister Beck, that's your first action. <laughs> Need a bit more sleep first. Okay, yeah, yeah fair enough, fair enough. I I, I, I get that. very highly without sleep. So. <laughs> Need a bit more sleep. What about you, Paul? What would you use your magic wand for? I would have everybody treat parental leave like annual leave. Mm. Because... If someone takes annual leave, of course they take annual leave. It's yeah. expected they'll take annual leave. They need time to recharge, to go yeah. on a holiday, etc. Yeah. And no one gets penalized for taking their annual leave. Yes. Great so insight. So treat parental leave as annual leave. I have actually had someone ask me what I'm going to do on my holiday. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. And I was like, oh, don't know if it's much of a holiday actually, but yeah, thank you for that. Maybe a little language, who knows? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna read, I'm gonna tidy up the linen cupboard and finally put our wedding photos on an album. Yeah, but there we go. Um, I love that, Paul. What if my magic wand we would look at and treat parental leave just as annual leave? Leave that doesn't harm our career, mm. leave that doesn't impact our promotions. And look, I think, and that's why these magic wands are here, right? Because it really requires a reimagining of the system. Mm. <laughs> because mm. I get that to take someone out of a business, particularly a small business, for six months feels impossible, mm. right? Mm. And so I get why when we go on leave, people are like, oh, that's hard. But I think we need to reimagine what we're doing here. Patagonia has, which is a big US lifestyle company, they have on-site childcare at all their headquarters, right? So that means that mums can breastfeed mm. and go back to work. So you'd go back, you could go back to work at three months or mm. four months if you wanted to. Dads can come in at lunchtime, settle their kids for their lunchtime sleeps, and Amazing. go back to work. And that's reimagining of what the workplace looks like that values caregiving. Mm. Because, and then lots of, and I've seen things in the States as well around when kids get sick, how there are solutions for that. Because mm. sickness is such a pain point, you know? Massively. But I, I really like that vision of yours, Paul, because I think that's the cultural shift we need, which is that I can take a reduced hour role, I can take parental leave, and it's not noble, it's normal. It's <laughs> Do normal. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. No one questions you. No one questioned me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> most of the parental leave, right? Yeah, exactly. People thought I wasn't taking enough or long enough or yeah, yeah. coming back to do too much work <clears throat> and working too hard considering I had a baby at home. Yeah, that other people telling you mm. how much leave you should take, I find really unsettling. I've also, I know I said before it's mostly males, but I also think there's a lot of judgment from mothers That's as to how other mothers mother which I kind of baffles me mm. when they've probably faced that same judgment mm. themselves. Mm. As I say, the stuff is complicated. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes we have to sit in the mess and squelch our way through. And it's a transformational time in our lives. I want to say thank you so much for coming in. This has been an amazing conversation that you have gifted to so many people who will find so much value in that. I just want to tell you that because they really will. I've told a lot of my clients that I'm doing this and they are already having it on the pre-order list. <laughs> there is no pre-order list, people. But anyway, and I, 
Aloise has not woken up at all. <laughs> so you're both perfect parents. <laughs> He'll do that tonight. Okay, yeah. yeah. Party at night <laughs> yeah. at your place. Yeah, I'll come round. It's good. Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you so much. This time is precious and I'm really, I feel really grateful that you shared it with me and with all the listeners. So thank you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. And also just want to acknowledge that, you know, it's really easy to talk about these concepts and whatnot, but it's it's really hard in the actual trenches, right? So, you know, as rosy as everything might sound, it's it's really tough. So thank you for that reality check, Paul. Yeah. Yes, King. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I agree. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please share it with someone else that you know is going to find value in it. You know, I think when we parent with someone else, it's a team sport. It's not always easy, as Paul said. And if I was going to tie up these themes, it's about communication. Uh, it's about strategic planning. It's about whiteboards. And it's about laughing over the lack of sleep. Because uh, what else can you do, right? So please share this with someone that will enjoy it. And thanks for listening. This podcast was funded by Works For Everyone, a business that is dedicated to supporting working parents and to smashing the motherhood penalty. If this is also your jam, let's stay connected. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for us, Works For Everyone. And if you want more information on how we help businesses put a care wrap around their employees, check us out on worksforeveryone.co.nz. Or if none of these work for you, in the weekends you can find me, Emma McLean, the founder of Works For Everyone, in the queue at Pack and Save Royal Oak or Kmart St Luke's. Onwards!